Hi, you're listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life with me, your host, Mimi Novik. I'm so happy and thrilled to have you here with me. I have created this series for all of us so we can change our world together and live a more holistic and balanced life. Together, we will share lots of inspiring stories from all walks of life, speak with leading experts, enjoy healthy living ideas, explore music and subjects that inspire each other to always have hope. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. How is everyone today? How are you? I hope that wherever you are, whatever you're doing and whoever you're with is where you want to be. And I think that's one of the most important things in life is to be where you feel at peace. Someone said to me, oh, a very long time ago, may you always be where your heart is at peace. And that is one of the most beautiful prayers, I think, also that we can pray for someone, wish for someone, that they are exactly where their heart desires. And sometimes it's not so easy because us human beings can be tricky at times and our dreams, our wishes can take us here and there. And we can sometimes end up, possibly, we think with the wrong people in the wrong place. But I think it all has a reason. So as opposed to having regrets about the things that we have done, the things that we haven't done, we forgive ourselves and be gentle because everything, absolutely everything in this universe is here to teach us to be the person that we are meant to be. And with that in mind, I am so happy to welcome my guest today, who is the very lovely Katie Morgan. Katie is a mindset coach who helps ambitious people break free from anxiety, self-doubt and imposter syndrome so that they can unleash their true potential. Now, Katie does this through powerful behavioural change techniques that shatter hidden internal blocks. She deals with outdated programmes and limiting beliefs And she says that she does it in less than six hours. Oh my goodness, we've got to hear about this. Katie has helped hundreds of people through her one-to-one anxiety breakthrough, 12-week coaching program. Now, Katie is also, I have to say, a multidimensional coach where she deals with so many aspects of the personality. So when you go in to see her, you will get a lot more out of it 
than what you could ever have imagined, and always positively so. Today, she shares her story and her journey. Welcome, dear Katie. Thank you so much for that incredibly beautiful and beautiful, beautiful intro. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, Katie, thank you so much for coming on. It's I've been excited for you to come on today because I can't wait to hear about all the things that you do. And I can't wait for the listeners to, you know, because you are really not just, I mean, I'm saying not just a mindset coach, but as we have talked, you are really a bridge from the here and now to the life that people want to lead. So I think it's an incredible responsibility and an incredible gift that you have. Oh, thank you so much. Now tell us, where did it all begin? How did you get into this vocation in life? Gosh, where do I start? So I think for me, um, I always struggled. You know, sometimes I always through school and, and university and, and uh, you know, a long career in the corporate world, I could never really kind of break free of my own limiting beliefs. And I knew I had more to give and I knew that there was more within me. And, you know, this probably comes down very much to a spiritual element as well. Really, you know, not living up to my purpose or not living up to what I'm capable of or unleashing my own um, my, uh, my own abilities. And I really didn't understand, um, even though I wanted something, why did I struggle to get it? And this just led me down decades and decades of personal development and, um, you know, doing everything from the breathing techniques, the meditation, and yeah, all of that was amazing, but still something was kind of holding me back. So through the own work that I've had done on myself, where you're really essentially going into the subconscious. And um, for, for your listeners, just to give you a bit of an idea like our conscious mind is only five percent of our mind that is running us you know while we're asleep we're still breathing um while we're driving a car we're not really conscious that we're driving you know we can drift in and out of consciousness so we're being run by 95 percent of our subconscious mind and this is where all of our programs our belief system and our beliefs really can either hold us back or just propel us forward. Um, and, and the more you kind of dig into kind of fixing and healing and changing what's happening at a very, very, very deep level within you, the magic happens. And, um, and I think some people don't have an issue with this, but for the people who do, they do tend to have anxiety. They do have self-doubt, um, you know, lack of self-belief, depression even. Um, these are all symptoms of stuff that's going on inside. And 
um, I really want to help those people figure it out so that they can lead extraordinary lives because, hey, you know, we're just a human, you know, spiritual being having a human experience. We've got many other lives. Let's enjoy this one, hey? Yes. But the thing is, you know, you say that and it's so true. But what I came to the realisation about Katie is that somehow people think that they've come to earth to suffer and it's a strange syndrome when you Mm -hmm. talk to people it's I wouldn't I wouldn't say everyone but I would say 90% of the people that I talk to um they feel that they have done something wrong Mm -hmm. so they persecute themselves day in and day out Mm -hmm. for past mistakes and things they've done things they haven't done Mm-hmm. And then they can't move forward because yeah. this is really like a chain, isn't it? That's yeah. constantly pulling you back. Yeah. And I liked the analogy that you said that, you know, even when we're driving, we're not conscious. I mean, in reality, if we were completely conscious, I think we would be able to walk on water. Yeah. Because we would have that power where the spirituality, the spiritual being, the mind, the soul, the heart is incomplete control of the body as opposed Mm -hmm. to the body being in control of everything else Mm -hmm. and this consciousness is not easy to achieve yeah and I think and I really resonate with that um feeling of kind of persecuting yourself for past mistakes um and I've and I've been there I've been that person and um you know I really want to say to anyone who's listening there is there is hope on the other side. And this is where I feel um, it's so important to bring in the mindset stuff as well. Um, And combining kind of the, because really and truly what I'd say I do is energy work. I change people's energies. Um, You know, I've got my way of doing it. You know, we do lots of releasing stuff. We, We work on mindset stuff, but that ultimately changes someone's energy field their vibration increases. Um, You know, it's very law of attraction stuff. And therefore, your outward world starts to reflect back at you this different energy, which typically is always more and more and more positive. Um, And this is where beliefs start to come in. So someone's belief system will change because maybe their belief was... um, you know, I'm never going to enjoy the job that I do, um, for, you know, for example. And then maybe we work on that and we change their perception, we change their mindset, and suddenly they start to feel more grateful for the fact that maybe they can do something or we put them on the path of finding what their true purpose is. Or maybe they need to spend more time doing dancing or things that bring them joy and energy and then that changes how they turn up at work and you know people around them start reacting differently to them you know getting maybe pay rises or promotions or new opportunities turn up so um and a lot of this is mindset you know you've got to do the internal work and combining kind of the mindset stuff and and understanding we can choose our reality. We can literally just decide how we want our reality to be because 
I think what humans have, which no other species has, is we have perception. So we can have the same event and two people can perceive it very differently. And look, we're we're watching this, um, you know, play out in front of us right now. Perception is everything. But what we have is choice. So we can choose how we perceive things. And that is incredibly, incredibly powerful when you when you can empower people with choice, that the world isn't just happening to them, but they can choose how they perceive it. Um, not always easy. No, no, that's true. I mean, yeah, everyone has their own perception. And then there's the reality of truth. Yeah. So is your truth and my truth the same? Or is truth unshakably one truth? Great question. Great question. And to be honest with you, I don't know the answer. Mm. I think you've probably got to spend many, many, many hours meditating over that. and. I think also, you know, sometimes we we can make decisions about who who we want to be or where are maybe I'll come back in another life or you'll come back in another life and that will be that will be us. We will be um, you know, a Dalai Lama or a Gandhi or who I'm not coming back. I'm just <laughs> I'm not bloody coming back. <laughs> I've got to get it right this time. <laughs> yeah I've always wondered I think I've got a, two, a couple more in me a couple more trips here <laughs> my friend said um I think I mentioned this before and she said when you come back what are you coming back she said I'm coming back as a horse I said I'm not bloody coming back are you joking <laughs> well, it's, funny, it <laughs> it's funny because um some of the stuff that I do, and I've had it done on myself, is like past life regressions, which mm. it was really interesting. And um, I've done past life regressions on me, and I saw a man in a jail cell, and um, I didn't really know. And I had this kind of link with being a child and very alone, and kind of in my crib. Um, you know, this you know behind which are very similar to jail cells. And um, I kind of thought to myself, well, you know, if we were doing, why is everyone's past life um, regressions from past lives in this world? Why are there no aliens? You know, why does no one talk about going and seeing an alien race? Because that's what my belief is, that there are multiple lives in God knows how many different diet. Like I can't. It just blows my mind. I can't even go there. But yeah. I've always found that really interesting. They say. I don't know if you've heard of this, Katie. They say I've heard this sort of um, wisdom that it's difficult to understand, but that we ourselves, you, I, and everybody else, is actually living in many parallel worlds. Yeah. So a version of us lives in many different worlds at the same time yeah so when we think I, I for one don't think that earth is the only world I have to say 
Um, I think that there are many worlds like yourself, but, you know, they say that one ray of us, of our spiritual being, is here on earth, only one ray. And that ultimately our light goes across the world. I mean, imagine if people were made aware of that. You know, of course, there are people that are aware of it. But imagine if all of us were made aware that we exist in parallel worlds, that this ray of light that we are, we can transcend so many worlds. Everything in this world would change, wouldn't it? I think I think also, you know, for me, and I was thinking about this today, I read something that it was four billion years ago, um, and it was only two and a half billion years ago that, you know, very middle school, you know, we were still in the sea, we were like balls of slime developing, starting to breathe carbon dioxide and change it into oxygen and all this stuff. And if you kind of think of the rate that our world is evolving in such a short period of time, yet we have evolved nothing in comparison to how long this planet has been here. And I think that sometimes can give you a sense of what we don't, what we know now is nothing compared to what we might know in a million years time. Um, And, you know, I haven't gone and looked at many ancient texts and um, Mm. really gone down that route. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I may or may not, but just understanding some of this ancient wisdom of being able to tap into these higher consciousness and what that means. And we have no idea. I think we're made asleep to kind of understand this. So we're getting there physics wise and maybe more understanding, but I think we're so far off really the mainstream and mainstream people kind of really understanding what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, personally, I don't believe in evolution. I don't believe in that theory whatsoever. Um, I understand why people do and I understand why people don't. But personally, for me, I don't believe that. I think we're far superior beings mm-hmm. um, to have evolved from a ball of slime. Um that's just me, but <laughs> I I don't think that at all for one moment. I never did. Um, but I think that in a split second, we can have one of those moments. We don't have to wait a million years. I think all these millions of years that bypass us is mm-hmm. maybe a little bit imagination as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, um, but I think if, you know, for example, if we talk about highly spiritual people, if we talk about Buddha, if you know, whoever we're talking about, if we're talking about these high supreme beings that have led people, you know, if we're talking of prophets, whatever, you know, whatever that is sort of divine, mm-hmm. it is actually all to do about the reflection of them is really a mirror for us to see ourselves. And we can do that in an instant. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think also, you know, everyone's at their, everyone's at their level. And, you know, it's about 
I feel it's about accepting and meeting people where they are and where they are on their journey, not just the journey in this life, but their journey in whatever it might be beyond that. And um, and accepting that sometimes people aren't always at that level. You know, if it, if it is a case of kind of going up on the levels and, and reaching different levels and stuff like that, that everyone's kind of where they are and they've got, like you said, you know, you meet everyone for a reason. You're exactly where you are on your journey. You're exactly where you need to be. And everything is happening around you just as you need it for whatever, even if it doesn't seem like that at the time. And I think that's really important, um, especially when I, you know, sometimes when people suffer from really crippling anxiety and self-doubt and and stuff like that it's really hard for them to think anything other than in the moment and in their own mm. mind um and again I think there are you're right there there are different levels of consciousness and I'm at my level of consciousness and you're at yours and someone yeah. else at, at theirs and um and helping people to free up a bit of brain capacity essentially so that they can become more conscious so that they can spend more of their day-to-day life being aware of a themselves and b what's going on around them and then how they fit into that and how they then fit into something much bigger and um, not everyone is there unfortunately no and I think also they're not meant to be where you know when you sometimes try to explain something to somebody and they're explaining something to you and I know so many times people will explain something and I will say I have a particular friend and he's always explaining it in detail to me because I really don't get it mm-hmm. and I will say I don't get it I don't yeah. get it. it doesn't make sense in my mind it doesn't nothing make sense and He actually said to me yesterday, well, what doesn't make sense? And I said, nothing. What you're talking about doesn't make sense. He said, well, does it need to make sense? I said, well, of course it needs to make sense. Otherwise, what's the point of communicating? And I think when we meet somebody, in Mm -hmm. a way, they have to make sense. There's something energetically that needs to make sense. Yeah. And some, you know, sometimes they people energetically attract the wrong people. And I really do think these are are lessons where you have to look inside. Um, You have to. So I do for me personally, I kind of and this is maybe just where I am in my level of consciousness, you know. Yeah. And um, I'm well aware of, you know, I recognize I'm on my journey, um, but we have to, we are still human, you know, like our brains still work in a specific, in a specific way. Um, And we kind of have to go with that. We need to understand what we're, what we're playing with here and how to kind of manage it better. And I think when we do that, we can open up to um, letting more positive stuff in. Does that, I'm not sure if that makes sense. Hopefully. Yeah, that does, that does make sense. Um, I want to ask you something because you're the expert in anxiety, but I, I, I'm going to go back in a moment because I would like to ask you um, 
how you got into this really what sort of inspired you to do it but before I do that I want to ask you Katie is that in these times these times have never been played out you know before what is happening in the world right now wasn't happening a hundred years ago so each era Mm -hmm. has its own energetic motion and vibration and what I've been finding from clients and people around me is that they are on a very high peak of anxiety Mm -hmm. but it's not the normal type forget all the fears of all the physical things that can happen to people but what I'm finding when I talk to people is that when they leave their house Mm -hmm. it is not just this physical fear that they have that's been instilled in them from whatever dimension or from whatever sort of um corner that's aiming you know Mm -hmm. because fear is a funny thing in every scope in life but there is something out there energetically that is making people afraid and the anxiety is at an all-time high let's put the pandemic to one side now Mm -hmm. I'm talking people on a personal emotional spiritual and mental level are very afraid when they leave their house when they're in their house and the energies that they're feeling they can't explain Mm -hmm. is that something that you have come across yeah to an extent um But I, you know, I really believe that we have to fight this collective fear um, and not allow it because, you know, if it's, you know, aside from kind of COVID, Mm. people who have high anxiety and who are in a fear state, in the general public are much more easy to control. You know, it's very different to control someone who's loved up on life and just so grateful for being alive, irrespective of their circumstances that they might be in. These are really two very, very different vibes. And um, I think if anyone is feeling that way, whatever you need to do, you've got to fight it. It's kind of like the fight of good and evil. Um, And I read an incredible book once um, by Napoleon Hill. I don't know if you know Napoleon Hill, but he wrote Think and Grow Rich, which is written a hundred years ago and kind of studied many, many successful people over a period of, I think it was 30 years and, and, and put all their secrets into, um, almost like a manual for success. But he wrote another book, which is lesser known called conversations with the devil. Yes. I've heard of that book. Oh, it's brilliant. I really, I really, really recommend any, especially if anyone is feeling this way right now, I think it will really explain a lot Um, And the way that he wrote it was like a script. So it was a whole manuscript between him 
literally having a conversation with the devil and the devil um, responding to his questions. Mm. And the main takeaway that I took from this book um, is heaven and hell is on is on earth. Um, that humans have the capacity for not only just incredible feats of humanity and love and we have we can go so far on that scale but equally on earth humans have the ability to be so evil and these are these two scales you know on one side you've got fear and anxiety and then your other you don't you have um, excitement and joy and happiness and spiritedness and gratefulness and those much more higher vibrations. And so what I think what I find is this is this is almost like a part of human nature and we have to kind of fight that in some way. We have to do what we need to do to find the love, to find that joy and that happiness in um, whatever we can, you know, in the present moment in, um, you know, taking a moment to smell the flowers. And I heard an amazing, I can't remember who, I have to find out who it's by, but they said that life Life is more like a piece of music. So, you know, it's not about getting to the next level and the next level and the next level. It's actually about, you know, if, if music was written with the end in mind, and I think many people do live their life in what's next, what's next. Um, if, if a piece of music was written with the end in mind, it would be one note. It would finish. There would be no, and that's not the point of music. The point of music is to entertain, for people to sing and dance along. And sometimes you've got high notes and sometimes you've got low notes and dark dark bits. And that's such is life. You know, um, life isn't always easy. But if you can learn to sing and dance and be blissful along with it, um, I think all of those anxiety and fears fade away. But that's my opinion. I think you're right. And, you know, when you have a look at the musical sounds, Mm -hmm. they don't have an ending. Mm -hmm. It continues. And we ourselves, in effect, are a symphony. And if we are always thinking as you said, of the next thing, what's next, what's next, what's next? It interrupts that flow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is when we reach that state of anxiety, is when we are inhibiting that flow of music that really wants to play out in the world. Mm-hmm. And I've heard many people say this, and and. For me, it's a little bit um, triggering, but to find your bliss, you know, if you find your bliss, if you follow your passion, um, everything will be amazing in your life and and hunky-dory. And I don't, the reason that that triggers me a little bit is because I think for so many people, finding your bliss is is not easy. It's not the easiest thing to do if you've gone down 
um, a certain road in life and, you know, you are where you are and giving that all up to do, to follow your passion just might not be realistically possible for everyone. And But I do think there's something in that in terms of really taking the time to understand, know thyself, what lights you up. What do you love doing? And just figure that out and just do more of it. Spend more time with the people you love and less time with the people who you don't love as much, but you you might have to see them if they're family or whatever. Just spend less time with them and more time with the very few people who really light your, make your heart sing. Um, If it's going traveling, I know it's difficult now, or or spending time in nature, figure out ways to do that more. And I think that especially now we can forget, we can put all of those things on a very low priority. Um, Sometimes I even just tell my clients to watch some comedy because sometimes they take their lives so seriously. Um, Where's the joy in your life? Where's the laughter? Where's the fun? Um, And almost prescribing, um, carving out time to spend with your best friends, but really those really, really good friends who you love or watching some comedy before you go to bed. You know, there's shame in that, but being aware, almost being conscious of why you're doing it. I'm doing this because um, it's good for me. It's going to make me happy. and bringing that kind of conscious awareness to the choices that we make. And so um, I do think there's a lot of things that people maybe forget to do, especially in these times. It's very true. It's very true. And comedy, you know, in the days of old, the kings always had a court jester. Yeah. Because you need to make people laugh. And if you think about all the people that you love, I think you love the ones the most that made you laugh the most. Yeah. Laughter and love is a very um, connected. They go hand in hand. Yeah. It's a very connected emotion. But now I want to ask you, Katie, beautiful what you said about our hearts singing. How wonderful is that? That is such a beautiful relief to hear someone speak such positive words. Thank you so much for that beautiful actually I'm going to write that down and remember that I have all these little sort of sayings that my guests say and I write them down I think what a good piece of wisdom that is but to try to live your life by them it's not so easy I have to say also it's not now, so easy no you're it's right not, is it? <laughs> <laughs> if it now, was everyone would be doing it we would have everyone would just be totally blissed out it takes a little bit of effort yeah yeah it does indeed now how did you get into this business as they say you know not into show business but into this what made you give up your corporate life which is very different and get into I suppose you'd call it coaching therapy how did that happen so I spent 10 years coaching people I worked as a headhunter in recruitment and Mm -hmm. I probably spent 10 years coaching people 
not in the way that I am now, but coaching people in um, their careers and encouraging them and motivating them. And um, I've got a little anecdote because this always makes me, I always wondered if my job or my secret talent was to motivate people, you know, be that cheerleader um, in the background, just like absolutely cheering you on. Um, was one of my first jobs. I worked in a call center and we had to phone, you know, one of the, these market research calls and you phone oh, people yeah. up. Yeah. The awful, awful job, you know, no, I don't want to speak to you, slam the phone down. But, oh, you know, yeah. oh, but, you know I, I've got the charm of the Irish and, um, you know, the gift of the gab. So I did really well. And so I was promoted really quickly to... Um, I think they called them um, quality control. Um, so I would then be training people on how to be, I guess, more engaging and get more calls. And they called me Miss Motivator because I would literally go around the office, you know, cheering people on. And um, I've, I've, I guess like it's kind of a case of putting like these little, at the time, you know, you don't really realise that these things are significant. And in some ways, I really didn't like my career recruitment. I wasn't necessarily amazing at it, although everyone told me I was, but it didn't make my heart sing. And really and truly, I knew this. Um, and so that was quite hard for me to spend 10 years doing something where I knew it just wasn't wasn't right. And I couldn't, I couldn't get out of it. Um, and, um, I think at one point I just made the decision that I'm going to retrain as a coach. I always kind of knew that this is what I wanted to do. I always knew I wanted to help people. Um, I went out and I really understood where are people really, really, really struggling? And I started off in the creative industry, just working with people um, because I recruited into the creative industry and I had a massive network in the creative industry. And I really knew that this was an industry where it's exceptionally high pressured. Um, there's a lot of stress. People are burning out, um, working long, long hours and have always been interested in entrepreneurship and success. And I think if you are an entrepreneur, you do, you do spend a lot of your time investing in your own mindset. You have to if you want to build a business. Um, whereas I don't think people in the corporate world do so so much. They they might they might train in specific skill sets. I don't really see much mindset training out there. So I really felt that there was a need and I knew I could help people. And it's something that, you know, I really empathize with having had depression, um, you know, past traumas in my life that I needed to get over, you know, bad relationship after bad relationship, my energy not being good. Like I had to sort myself out to then be able to help other people. But knowing that it's possible, I can then not only show people, but really get in there and be their cheerleader and kind of support them in a way that I just really get a kick out of it, if I'm honest. Um, it's just yeah. truly, um, you're changing lives, you're helping people and you're, and you're having fun along the way. What more could you want? That sounds like a dream. 
it sounds like a dream job. It, it's not even a job. You know what they say, that famous saying, if you find a job you love, you don't have to work a day in your life. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm. And it's a really popular industry. I think there are so many people. I, I think this industry is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, um, there are many. Um, gosh, I've got. I'm a health coach. I'm a hypnotist. I'm a, you know, I just retrained and retrained. I'm a, a, a fashion stylist. Like I, I just retrained in everything I possibly could. Um, and actually I quite like that because when I approach work with my clients, although I don't do anything, like I don't follow a specific formula, I am thinking very holistically about the individual because, you know, for some people maybe, we were working on like their their self image or their image or what they wear every day and and that you know might work might be important for one client and not another maybe it's actually their um what they're eating diet has a huge effect on how we feel not only how we feel in our bodies um but reaching kind of getting that energy level where you are able to experience your bliss where you kind of you know, you're not in your head all the time, questioning yourself, worrying about things, worrying about the future. When all of that kind of dissipates and goes, you have so much brain capacity. Um, and so, you know, it's it's about kind of then filling that in with really positive stuff. But that's never going to happen if you've got a terrible diet. If you're not sleeping well, um, if you haven't got a good sleep hygiene, um, these things are so important. I think they quite often we don't look at people holistically enough at all areas you know um we might just look oh you know you you know go to the doctor you've got anxiety here take some anxiety pills but you don't look at anything else you don't look at their um you know what was their childhood like um you know the thing is what happens is our subconscious is imprinted between the ages of one and seven. And so we can get limiting beliefs from anything. It can be quite traumatic stuff, or it can be not so traumatic stuff, but it doesn't mean that you might not have a limiting belief. Um, I had a limiting belief that I was stupid for a long, long, a long, many, many, many years, I had limiting beliefs that I um, wasn't at all intelligent, that everyone around me was much, much, much more intelligent. Um, and maybe they are, but I, I certainly don't believe that now. And when I did some of this work um, or had some of this work done on me, I saw um, me doing my times tables and I can picture it just so clearly. I'm at the kitchen counter I can see the window looking out on the garden my mum is sitting on this stool I can remember it to the day um and although she is not um shouting at me or in fact angry she was frustrated she was incredibly frustrated and in that moment um I formed a belief that I was stupid and so through some of this releasing work, you know, you have to really sort of see this from a different perspective. 
you need to see these, um, you know, I didn't know this memory. This memory kind of just came to me. My subconscious brought it to the forefront because it wanted me to release this. It wanted me to learn the lessons from this particular um, event in my childhood. And the lessons were, I don't need to care about the opinion of my mother. And boof, it's gone. No more feeling that I'm stupid. No more of those feelings um, completely goes. And this is, there's some really powerful stuff. You've got to find the limiting belief. And then you need to release it. But once it's gone, it's gone. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, whether it's, um, uh, I don't know, anything else, these really are symptoms of something else. And I know that might be difficult to hear if someone's like, oh, I've got anxiety. No, that's not a symptom of something else. But it could be a symptom of... um, uh not being in a thought loop and what i mean by that is we might think two things at the same time we might want something and not want it at the same time and therefore we're tied in some sort of thinking loop now um what does that mean exactly okay I'm, I'm, i'm just thinking if i can give you um uh give you an example yeah so you might want so you might want something and you want it because ultimately in some way it's going to give you pleasure but you might also have a belief that makes you think that if you've um okay let's look at maybe standing up on um on stage and giving uh, public speaking i think a lot of people understand like public speaking is um you know something that quite terrifying for a lot of people so you might want to go up and public speak because you know that it's something that you've got to do maybe you want to um uh, you know raise awareness of something so you want that on one hand but on the other hand um you're maybe somewhere along the line in childhood um you were in school and you're reading and you can't get your words out and everyone's looking at you. Um, I think we've, we can all relate to those those childhood memories of sitting in a class having to read out loud. And for many, they're quite petrifying. And everyone's, you might have made a belief in that moment. No, never going to do that. No way. It's too humiliating. It's too awful. Everyone's laughing at me. And so you've got these you've got these simultaneous kind of um, thought patterns or thought loops happening at the same time, and they make they make the experience either of giving the speech awful, you know, really unpleasant. You might do it, you might hate it. It was a really unpleasant experience, or you don't do it at all and you cancel. So it's going in and it's getting into those that thought loop. And uncovering the thought loop. So the thought loop might just be, look, I've got a choice that I can make here. And as an adult, I am choosing to go and give that speech because I am no longer a seven-year-old child. And in fact, if those kids laughed at me, it actually says more about them than it does about me. You know, 
I didn't do anything wrong. I was just, you know, you might go through that kind of thought process and that's very releasing to be able for you to feel, do you know what? No, I am going to do this. I see what's happening here. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, completely. I mean, it's funny that you should say about the times table because I had a horrific teacher who would humiliate us mm-hmm. if we didn't know the times table and he would make us stand up in class. And I'd completely forgotten about it until mm-hmm. you mentioned it. Oh, my goodness. And he would make us stand in class and say the times table of the week. Mm-hmm. because You had to learn it off by heart. And I was traumatized every week while that went on yeah. because I thought I'm going to be humiliated because if you didn't and get every single answer right and every single person, you know, was asked different questions around the class, you know, eight times seven, seven times six, whatever, he would shout at you. Mm. And I never liked him. And I I remember thinking, is that really necessary? And I was like seven years old. Yeah. And I think this stuff, like, mm. I I feel really passionately about... um, and I don't think you're the only one. I'm not the only one. I think this is this is just we at some point this sort of stuff has got to stop and we need to stop passing it down. You know, he probably had that done to him. And then he's do, you know, and the person before him did it. And I think a lot of this stuff happens with um parents as well. And I I do a lot of my clients say to me who've got kids you know, I want this to stop at me, you know, I don't want to pass this. Um, And they don't always know what the issue is, or what the root cause of it is, but they know that they just don't want to pass it on to their kids. And I think that's really important that we kind of like the buck stops with us, if you see what I mean. Yeah, because we have to take responsibility. And sometimes our ancestors didn't have the means, the capability or the help that was needed to do that and I think whichever person in the family is able to do that releases a lot of things I think for future generations yeah for sure um but for example Katie I want to ask you when somebody comes to you for example Mm -hmm. um and has as you say crippling anxiety where do you begin to treat them as such? And is there a, because I know you do a 12-week course. Okay. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So how how working with me works essentially is I will do six sessions with my clients over a period of 12 weeks. And why I think that's really important is that they feel like they have access to me. Um, I joke it's like 24 hours, but if I'm asleep, I'm not going to come back to you. But, you know, I'm there, I'm on a call, I'm on WhatsApp. I'm, I'm really there if my clients need me or want to run something by me. Um the first call typically is, and I, I always joke, I'm like, don't be scared about this, but I'm going to get inside your head um, because I want to know, like, what do they say to themselves? How do they speak to themselves? Who's the voice? I'm, and, you know, I'll get you to think of it now. You know, we all have negative self-talk. That's, I think... Um, it's the degree upon which we have it and our ability to kind of 
push it away and ignore it. But there's a voice in our head that will, you know, can talk us out of something or say, don't do that or don't be silly or um, and so really understanding like what exactly are uh, are they saying to themselves? And I'll get quite specific. So um, it's really an open kind of dialogue, but then I'll use, I'll get them to tell me about specific examples of something that might have happened recently. You know, can, we, can you give an example now? Can we do an example so people can get a gist of what you do? Well, should we do one on you? Or do next? You- <laughs> you have a negative a negative voice in your head about anything um what about a particular subject well yeah I'm just thinking whether what um my ne- negative self-talk might be sometimes um so for example um I I wanted to come on today and I wanted it to be, I didn't want to have any expectations about what other people had done. Um, And I knew if I did that, I would start telling myself, oh God, you know, um, you're not as good as them. You might not be as interesting as them. I knew that that would happen. So, um, and I knew that that was something that was a going to affect my energy showing up on here um and I just didn't want to really have to have to deal with it so I made a choice okay I'm not even going to go there I'm going to you know make a cup of tea um you know do some nice breathing stuff and just relax it and kind of not really think about it um and so but had I not done that I could have easily gone down the path of um having a voice essentially sitting on my head telling me quite negative things and implanting negative thoughts and negative thinking now this is really 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 typical of anyone who does suffer from anxiety or does suffer from self-doubt if you've got you know incredible self you know belief in yourself you don't really have uh, that voice in your head but when you do we can do something about it. So I really get inside their head and show them um, through a few kind of like fun techniques that I do that we can make this um, voice move and disappear. And we can, um, I'll give you an example. So, you know, if someone is telling me about something that was quite stressful to them, they can easily talk me through, okay, so this happened and that happened and I felt really stressed and I was really anxious and I was worrying about this and, and you know, I was really scared that that might happen. And then I'll ask them, okay, how do you feel right now? Well, I feel anxious I feel scared they will feel those emotions um and they will feel them quite significantly physically in their body and so um after a few kind of like um tips and tricks I'll I'll, I'll, I will show them that they can suddenly go from feeling that way to feeling nothing um now what exactly has happened there? And I think this is where they realize, oh, hang on. It's not the thoughts that's having this. It's my perception on what's happening. Um, let me try and explain this to you. It's So within the space of like two seconds, someone can go from feeling anxious, feeling a certain way to not feeling that way at all. But 
The only thing that has changed is inside their head. But the thing that's changed inside their head, excuse me, has changed the feelings within their body. So the emotional feelings that they're having. And that's such a game changer to realize like, whoa, hang on. You're telling, I don't think people even realize how much power they have to change their state within their own mind, let alone. Yeah. Okay. So I have an issue and my issue, I don't know whether this counts as an issue. I don't like insects. Okay. Okay. And for the past week, and it's been playing on my mind, I have fruit flies everywhere and they are absolutely driving me mad so I'm getting really annoyed with them I'm not using anything to kill them as such I'm just using oils and natural things but they like them for some reason there's there's no fruit or anything that is covered have you got lots of plants in your house have you got lots of plants in your house well, I have a few. Because, fruit, yeah, they're the plants. So <laughs> this is just completely <laughs> off topic. But we, um, when we moved into our flat recently, we bought loads of plants. And then out of nowhere, we had fruit flies. And my mum said, oh, it's the plants. Yes. So they go on, they like the soils. They lay their um, eggs in the moisture. Oh. So don't don't soak them from the bottom down with water. So try and keep that top layer of, soil but how do I know um this is really weird but it's really disturbing me so they like the color white okay if you put any other color down they won't go but the walls are cream then there's some sort of blankets I've got that are cream they absolutely love that I smoked them out today so I put incense and they just went nuts um, they just started going round and round in circles, very high from the incense, but they still didn't want to leave. And I thought, this is mad. I can't take it psychologically anymore. These bloody flies. And I don't know how to get rid of them. So I said to myself, you don't know how to get rid of fruit flies, for goodness sake. You've done so many things that are worse than this, but you can't get rid of fruit flies. What am I going to do? That's a great question. What are you going to do? I think what's your what's the what's the issue here? Like, so this would be um, this would be a typical question that I always ask my clients. Like, what's the actual problem? Because is the problem that you don't like insects, and actually, it's how you how you view them, and that's the issue for you. Or is it just that you haven't gone and done enough Google researching to find a way to get rid of fruit fruit flies? Like, what's the because they're, they're two very different. It's the same problem. There's two mm. very different approaches, and again, you know, like really trying to like let's get because I might sit here and tell you, okay, let's go and just let's go and figure out how to do Google, but that might not actually be the problem for you. The problem for you might be how you see insects as a whole. It might be even more than that. It might be something bigger than that. It might not even be insects. It could be something bigger. So, you know, we're always kind of drilling down on like, okay, but what's 
what is the real problem here? What's the real issue for you? Like, and going deeper and deeper and deeper. Because once we find that very, once we find the truth of your problem or the truth of someone's problem, then we fix that. Everything else will then fix itself because you might go, well, do you know what? It's, um, it's not really that it's something else. And, okay, I can deal with the fruit flies. I'm going to do the Google research or get an external nature to come in or figure it out. Um, so, you know, it's, an in- it's like even though it's a small issue, it's still a problem and it can still be, but finding. So, yeah, my question to you is what is yeah. the actual issue for you? Well, firstly, I don't like insects at all. Um, I don't like flying insects and I don't, I just don't like insects. Let's just put it that way. I don't like insects. Um, And I heard that one fruit fly can lay 500 eggs. Mm -hmm. So I'm worried about that, Mm -hmm. I have to say. Um, And they're very cocky, (laughs) aren't they? I mean, if you've had experience with fruit flies, they're very cocky and they think they've got it together. Well, do you know what? I think it's funny. It's funny you should even bring the fruit fly. And this is what I love about life and the synchronicity. So we're having a podcast about anxiety, but you know what? You brought the fruit fly thing up and actually I know the answer. You're right. They do lay a lot of eggs and they lay them in the plants. And so they're laying them in the plants. So you're right in that aspect. Um, what I'm really curious about is why don't you like flying things? Or what is it about flying things you don't like? That's interesting. I don't like flying things and I don't like jumping things. And I think the flying is that they, they're they all a bit too bolshy, aren't they? They think they have some sort of a power in a way. I love the words that you're using because, again, this is really, for me, this is information that's telling me a lot about um, your inner world because it's very interesting to use the word bullshit and I think it was, was it power um, that you used to talk about flying creatures of this world and you know you're someone who you're you're a cosmic lady so you know you should really accept everything in all its glory so I'm really interested um how is it that you find flying creatures of god bullshit I love it. It's, oh. it's, you know, this is just great stuff where you're like, okay, it doesn't, we can go down this rabbit hole because it is a rabbit hole. And there's, I can tell you what, there'll be a lot there. There'll be stuff oh, there where these. Well, I tell you what, when I was young, my parents always used to say to me, Mimi, come on, come and have a look at something. And because we lived um, on a farm, there was all sorts of creatures and insects. I mean, I've traveled the world and I accept creatures and insects mm-hmm. in every other country, mm-hmm. but not in this country. <laughs> so this, for me, this country is clinically clean. There are no insects. You know, when I, 
traveled and then you know you'd have all sorts of weird things and scorpions and snakes and all sorts and then you think oh I'm in England now everything's very clean and very safe Mm -hmm. and that's fine no insects um and they'd always used to call me when they found an insect Mm -hmm. I didn't understand that logic so even to this day if they say to me I've got something to show you I will say, is it a creature? <laughs> I will say no. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there is. there will have been some belief there. You know, they only want to speak to me when it's about an insect. I don't... Do they not love me? What is it? You know, kind of clearly traumatised by it that. It is traumatising. It is traumatising. And it's like, is it a creature? But like, you can no. can you can you see like you know you t- you brought up the 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 the, the fruit fly thing, oh. but now we've gone down a rabbit path of your parents phoning you to only talk about insects. Like, hello, this is this is what I'm talking about. Like the the and 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 people are not. I think it's just a, it's just because we're not kind of shown how to see this like we have um we've not been taught how to find these things by ourselves um because when we can find them we can make choices about well you can choose to not feel that way about flying insects because you know you're only feeling that way potentially because of you know, phone calls as a kid from your parents, um, or you can choose to hate them, but it's, you've still got a choice. And again, like I love this empowering with people with really, you know, in that moment when you go back into your living room, you'll know I've got a choice. I can either hate these fruit flies or I can, or I can decide, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to be bothered by them anymore because I understand what's happening. And it doesn't matter which one you choose, but the fact is you have a choice rather than, oh, I just hate flying things. Oh, I don't know why. It's just, it's just, I just hate them. I just hate them. And then when you just feel a certain way about something without really understanding why, that's very disempowering. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I understand. They didn't actually phone me when I was young. They actually showed me the creature. <laughs> yeah. So then I would sleep. I know this is like crazy, but then I would sleep with cotton wool in my ears because oh. I thought earwig- earwigs yes. actually would go into your ears. Yeah. Someone said, I think it was a friend's brother at school told me earwigs would go into my ears and I had the yeah. same horrific belief. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> No wonder, you know, the whole insect kingdom is now, you know, a no-go area for me. And I don't, I could easily solve it in that I could use a fly killer. Yeah. But I don't want to do that because one, it's toxic and um, I don't really want to do that. I don't really want to sort of, in a way, I don't want to kill them, if that makes sense. I want them to yeah, yeah, I have this guilty thing going on. And then I, I think, why don't you just leave? And I open the door and the window, but they just come back in again. Ours did leave. Ours did, ours did leave. After I got that advice and we played around with the watering, they actually all left. So Yeah, but I, I have these money plants. 
and they're the only plants that I have. So if they're in the money plants and they don't need much watering, how do I get rid of that? I think this is my mum. So my mum's a big um, horticulturist. She um, said you walk, you kind of like water them from the bottom. So you don't pour water in on the top so that they, um, so that the top gets wet. You, you put them in water and let them soak the water up for, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour, however long, so that the majority of it is wet, but not that top layer. But I'm not watering them because they don't need watering for about three or four months. So do you think the eggs are actually in the earth? Well, in that case, I'm at a loss. Maybe you could ask your mum. I'll ask my mum. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) These are the friends. She's the expert on that. Yeah, she's definitely the expert on that. We'll get her on next time too. Yes, we will definitely. Oh dear, but this is, I totally understand. If you can change your mindset, you can instantly have relief. And how, so with your clients, you give them a 12-week course, for example, Mm -hmm. and what do you, do they have specific goals goals that they need to reach by the end of the 12 weeks? Do they have an ultimate destination that they want to be at? I think the ultimate, okay, so the, the people who typically work with me yeah. want to achieve more than where they are at the moment. Like, I really do think people who work with me feel held back in some way. So that this stuff is getting in their way, that their mindset is getting in their way, um, that their anxiety, they, so they want more. I think if someone doesn't really have a bit of ambition about them, um, it's it's probably not who I will vibe with the most I think um and so I do really attract people who feel stuck so I kind of when I'm explaining to people what I do I say I'm a therapist and I'm a coach because these two things actually are very different um and a lot of people who, because um, I've got a lot of clients in America, everyone in America has got a therapist. Um, and I'm not a massive fan, if I'm really honest with you. And the reason for that is because talking about things, although talking about your problems is in, you know, initially quite relieving, it doesn't actually solve the problem. So, you know, you just keep seeing your therapist on and on and on. And this is why, you know, for me, it's 12 weeks. It's 12 weeks because we've got an end date and we've got a position that we're going to, which is anxiety free, um, really working on people's self-belief. So self-belief, self-love self-acceptance is a big one I think this really comes up a lot for me in terms of when you work with when you strip away everything else and we go like what have we got here typically before we kind of release any limiting beliefs release any kind of past trauma no matter how big or small um you know trauma is trauma um traumatic things happen or 
no trauma. Some people come and say, what's wrong with me? I had a wonderful childhood. I had loving parents. Um, none of those things really matter. If, if you're feeling this way, something is, something is not fitting in a hundred percent. Like there needs, there needs therapy work to be, which is get to the root cause, find out what it is, release it. And I have many ways of doing that. Um, you know, um, I don't talk that much about being uh, a hypnotherapist because I think a lot of people are, they, they're put off by the word or they're put off by hypnotherapy and they don't really, and I don't put anyone in a trance or anything like that. It's very much, it's very much getting to the root of someone's problem. And these, like these, um, kind of thought patterns that someone might be um, caught in. Because if a client says to me, oh, I've got this problem. I said, well, how do you have that problem? How is it that you feel that way? Well, you know, this, that and the other. But, you know, how is it that that happens? They're like, oh, I don't know. For me, I'm like, brilliant. Because actually a lot of our problems don't make sense to us. So if it doesn't make sense to you, you actually have to go into your subconscious to access that information. And that's not always crystal clear. It might be a bit foggy. It might just be a feeling or a sensation or it, it's a, well, you know, it could be this, it, it could be that. And we're very much just exploring all of this stuff. But this stuff's really quick to kind of like fix and change and shift some of the stuff that I do um, might be um, generational stuff that we have to release. Some of the stuff might be past lives that we need to release. I've had clients who, um, I had one client who had just terrible, terrible generalized anxiety, like constantly had no idea where it came from. And, you know, it took a couple of tries for us to find it. But essentially, um, when he was two years old, he fell over and bumped his head. But all of in that moment of bumping his head, he was so fearful. He was in pain. He was scared. I think he was taken to hospital. Um, and when we were able to access that memory and we were able to, you know, I could facilitate him learning the lessons that he needed to learn, which were, you know, you are safe, you are okay, um, you know, you were just a child, like, it's fine, like, they're quite simple lessons, but they can be enough for someone to no longer feel anxiety. So once we've done this, and actually, typically, this can happen in one, two or three weeks in succession. We move quite quickly through the therapy stuff because once that's been released, that's gone. And then from that point, I move into my coaching mind, which is much more about like, okay, now that we've cleared all this stuff, like let's have some fun. How do you want your life to be? And I've got I love working with the unconscious mind much more than the conscious mind because this is where we really tap into who we are, I think, and we really tap into who we want. And so I have a very powerful um, kind of 
not meditation, but um, visualization where I will introduce someone to their future self. And this future self is whatever they, whoever they see, it might be five years, it might be 10 years. um, And they see this person, they get to meet them, they see what they're wearing, they see all of their loved ones around them. They see the house that they live in. They see what they're doing. They see all the people that they've touched and had an impression on and helped and inspired and everything that they've achieved. And when they come out of this, I've just had clients crying saying, thank you so much. Like I didn't even realize it was possible to be that person. Now, why this is really important is because if we kind of bring it back down to how our mind works, we're goal-orientated beings. So not even goal-orientated beings. Like if we can see something and if we can imagine it, we can make it come true. But what most people don't have is a very clear idea of what they want or a vision of what they want so and then or other people will try to make a mood board and so they might you know here's the house that I want and this is lots of kind of law of attraction stuff you know make a nice mood board you know put the put the house that you want to live in and sort of all this sort of stuff the problem with that is when you're not emotionally involved or emotionally charged by what you've put on that board, it's not going to come true. So we, the power of kind of doing these really vivid subconscious visualizations is they're so strongly charged by emotions and they're so vividly imprinted on our brain that there's no way it won't happen. And so this stuff is a real game changer for people because it's not only kind of getting them out of their own way. It's giving them a direction and a clear goal that they're looking for. And then I help them put in the steps that will help them get there. So it's a lot of fun. (laughs) It sounds it. And Katie, does that actually by them envisaging the life that they want innately, if that's sort of aligning with our higher purpose and that helps to get rid a lot of the anxiety? I think so. And I'll give you a really, um, because the visualization that I do, you know, touches on all aspects. Um, And so for some people, they, because one of the great things is like hearing everyone's story after they've kind of gone through this and telling me like, tell me, what was she like? like, Oh, she was so calm and, you know, relaxed and so poised and, or whatever it might be. It's just, it's just brilliant. And, you know, so say for example, I've had clients who are like, it's not about the money. I was, you know, they saw themselves sitting on a rooftop. Um, I think they, they lived in Morocco and they were on a rooftop and she was reading a book and she had a part, she was single at the time. She, she had a partner who was, you know, probably a husband sitting there and they were eating cookies and drinking green tea and this was like this was her dream and although it wasn't necessarily anything purpose-lined after we started working within a matter of weeks 
she met her boyfriend and they've been together. And so I don't know, like another client of mine, for example, um, was about connection and they saw all of these people that they'd, you know, whether they'd worked with them or whether they'd done other things, like just having these incredible connections with these people um and that was something that was missing from their life and so at the end of it um he said that you know I really need to focus on developing connections with people because that's what's really important to me now you know whether it's someone's purpose or vision or just finding out what makes your heart sing I think this is what we can find out in that process and then it's about sort of figuring out brainstorming well how can we do that like what ideas can we put together so that you can be more connected with people in this even more disconnected world um so it really varies I think but potentially yeah so really, how I see it as you're talking, Katie, is that everybody knows their purpose. I believe this 100%. And you will come along and shine a light on that purpose in a way, reminding them of what it is and then helping them to start that path. Yeah, because all of this isn't, and this is what I find really interesting about mm. shutting off that conscious mind. Um, and again, you know, these are essentially like altered states. It's this, you know, similar, whether it's through, anyone can do this, whether it's through meditation or, um, yeah. you know, doing this stuff. But the way that I walk someone through, I'm touching on so many elements of what could be, of how, how they would like to live, who they would like to be, the person that they would like to be. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I just find it incredible. Switching that conscious brain off almost allow something to come out of them which is more genuine which hasn't had any kind of like critical thinking well you can't do that you shouldn't be that person mm -hmm. or that's not possible for you um none of that happens so it's so pure I think it's the purest form that um I've ever experienced of figuring out what I want and it's just a huge hugely powerful tool in manifesting this stuff that I've worked um done I I did it to manifest my part my dream partner I did it to manifest um you know a house the house that I saw um with a beach view um overlooking overlooking the sea that's where we spent our whole summer for six months I'm like this stuff works as soon as you can see it you can manifest it it's crazy I think there's a, a very secret wisdom to that an ancient <laughs> wisdom that um if you tap into it which is ultimately if we tap into ourselves, yes, um, I think we can ab absolutely uh, manifest whatever because yeah. um, this is that power within us. I, I think sometimes we are afraid of 
because we do have that power that is huge. And, you know, we are frail beings as well, but there is something infinitely powerful about yeah. us. I think we're misinformed. I think that there, this is almost like it's magic, like yeah. actual magic. And I heard something recently that just um, just really stayed with me. And it was about, look at any creative, any artist, Einstein, um, great literature, J.K. Rowling, where on earth did these ideas came from? They essentially just popped into their head. I'm wondering like, well, hang on, where exactly is that popping from? And what us, and this again is a, a big part of what I try and teach my clients is we have these higher faculties. They are called imagination. They are called intuition. Animals don't have these things, but we do. And we can tap into these things very powerfully in these altered states, whether it's meditation, whether it's breath work, whether it's visualization, um, relaxation, whatever it might be. Um, but strengthening these powers is almost infinitely cosmic and just beyond my comprehension or my um, imagination and it's something that we all have access to and I think it's something that's been untaught and we are misinformed and miseducated and the people who struggle to do this I think it's a lack of education I think it's a lack of teaching because you know this stuff has been you know, look, looking at magic and looking at, um, you know, the Druids and all of this stuff, it's the same stuff, you know, praying to the gods and manifesting things. Now we call it law of attraction or we call it manifesting. It's all the same stuff. Well, is it a manifestation of spirit? In fact, our own spirit. Mm -hmm. and our own soul mm -hmm. without labeling it as such yeah. call it what you want um but ultimately if we take all the labels and we strip it down yeah. ultimately we are talking about the manifestation of something quite divine within us yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent and I think we're all capable of this divinity. And this just, I want to just take this right back to people feeling fear when they step out of their house or feeling this kind of anxiety that they haven't had previously. And it's very strong to try even harder to tap into that divinity that's within them and into their spirit in yeah whatever label they want to label it as or in whatever way that someone feels comfortable doing but it mm -hmm. does come back to that kind of that divine energy capacity that we have within us yes I think that's something to think about something to feel, something to meditate on, to realize that here we are on this planet and 
quite possibly on many other realms of existence, and that we have this whole power, that we are the mirror of the divine. I love that. And it makes you feel something that is amazingly connected to one another, mm -hmm. to each other, that we are not here to be divided, mm -hmm. but we are actually here to stand together as mankind and unite in really something that could literally change the world and worlds beyond our greatest imaginations. Yeah. I think you I think you couldn't have summed that up more beautifully. And I thank you, Katie, for coming today and sharing such a wonderful talk and giving us such gems of wisdom because really it's been absolutely fabulous to have you on. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And thank oh, it's a pleasure. Letting me share my share share this with with you and with your listeners and um yeah thank you so much thank you and before we go tell the listeners where they can find out more about you more about your 12-week course more about what you do okay so I would say that Instagram is the best place to find me because that's open to anyone um, and all of my links are on there and I am at Katie Morgan Coaching. Okay and you're very open to people contacting you directly there. Absolutely or you can email me katiemorgancoaching at gmail.com. Okay, and a couple of lines of wise and heartfelt words, please, Katie, for everybody out there that is struggling maybe and that needs a little bit of joy, something that has possibly helped you in your life. Keep going. There is the, it's such a cliche. But it's never, ever, ever about the destination. It is about the journey. And you can't connect the dots until you look backwards. And I think sometimes when we're going through hard times and we are confused and we don't know, why is this happening to me? It will be happening for a reason and you can get through it and there, there will be something that comes your way. And I really encourage anyone who, you know, has anxiety to, to not keep it to themselves, to share it with friends, to talk about it, to get that wisdom from other people and to, and to really connect in with community. I think, um, community and friendship and spending time with people that you love is so important and even you know some people don't have anybody out there 
but at least reach out. There are plenty of like-minded people. Not to be alone, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Katie. I could talk to you for hours upon hours. <laughs> really, it, it is. It's a joy to hear someone so positive and full of energy. It's oh. much needed. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm blessed. And come again. Come again, and maybe oh. we can, maybe we've got to solve the fruit fly first. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, you'll have to tell me about that later. I will have to ask your mum, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Come again and um, share your wisdom and your beautiful view of the world with us. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. (laughs) Take care. Take care. Okay, bye. 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 Katie Morgan. Absolutely wonderfully interesting lady thank you again for joining me and all my wonderful guests until next time I wish you lots of love and light and an adventure that awaits for you in every moment of your life take care thank you for listening to secrets for an inspirational life Brought to you by your host, Mimi Novik. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and see you in the next episode. For more information about Mimi Novik and her books, music and inspirational work, take a look at her website, www.miminovik.co.uk.